is not that much time left to enter the portal here. You know that, right? I do. I do. April 30th is the last day. So you're saying that between now and April 30th, the time we do this show next week, somebody who is good enough to play football, start start a quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide is going to enter the portal that we have no idea about, that there's been zero rumbling about, and he's going to do that, and he's going to go there, and he's going to be the starter on the opening game. Um, of week I one. think that they're going to go get somebody else. Whether that person can beat out Milrow or Simpson, I don't know. But I don't think Milrow or Simpson are it. And I don't think that they should sit back and not try and get somebody else. We're going to need to make a bet on this. Because this is, you know, we, we've we both said some just preposterous things on this podcast. We're 132 episodes into the campus life side of things at minimum. Plus, there's been a <laughs> bunch of other ones like the summer squad episodes that don't count toward that total. So we've probably probably done well into 150, 160 episodes of the show. And that's that's the literally the worst take you've ever had on here. That Milrow or Simpson aren't it. That they're going to pull some magic third or fifth guy out of the hat to come in and play for them this season out of the transfer portal that closes in seven days when there's nobody entering the portal at this point. It's basically over at quarterback. Welcome to Campus Life, the college half of our flagship flagship podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. You just heard a blurb from last week's show that has swept across the interwebs. Me telling Colin that there is no chance that Alabama was going to go out and find another quarterback and sign him by this time this week. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are not aware, that did happen. Alabama signed Tyler Buckner, former Notre Dame quarterback, followed his former OC, Tommy Reese, down to Alabama. And this is my apology. We're going to start off the show. This is probably the only time I said this last week. It's probably the only time this will ever happen on here. Colin, I was too hard on you. I wrote off what you were saying. That was It was very wrong of me. In my defense, if you listen to the beginning of that, I do say a starter. And I think we can debate that point. It Will, will Tyler yeah. Buckner be a starter or not moving forward? But you were right. And so here we, we did make a bet, guys, on the side when we weren't on the show here. And here is my punishment. For the rest of this episode, I have to agree with everything Colin says. Everything. Yep. Every single thing. Unfortunately for Colin, I make the show sheet, so we'll see how far that gets him. But Colin, welcome in. How are you feeling right now, buddy? Man, uh, I'm, I'm getting married in 18 days, and so, but you know, for the next 18 days, this is going to be the happiest day of my life. I think. Um, <laughs> Each one happier than last, or is it fading a little bit, or just equal? Um, I don't think it's going to fade really. I think it's just going to. I'm just going to ride this high right into the wedding and the honeymoon so like i i mean i don't i don't think i'm coming down you're gonna be thinking about me that whole day aren't you you dirty dog i would never admit that out loud okay perfect i would never admit that um yeah i mean you know like you said you you did clarify it you said a starter i said that i didn't think that i don't know if they were the person they were going to bring in was necessarily going to be a starter but they would bring in somebody to compete and i think buckner very much fills that Buckner is kind of 
the mold of the player I was thinking they were going to get. Because you're like, you're right. There are not a lot of starting caliber quarterbacks that they would be able to go out, bring in, and we're like, yep, that guy's going to start there over Milrow and Simpson uh, day one, guaranteed. There just weren't that many of those guys left. Uh, but Buckner was kind of like the mold of the player that I had in mind. And it makes a lot of sense given his connection to former offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, Tommy Reese, now at Alabama. It's almost like we were arguing two different things there, I think. The more I've I've always listened to that clip about, I don't know, 80 times this week. Um, That's it? Um, in the hundreds, easily. <laughs> easily. You You've been playing it to go to sleep. Like People play like <laughs> white noise, like ocean yeah. and um all those if that was on youtube we would have like a million views and most of those would be mine i can't can't figure out why this is our most listened to or most uh (laughs) (laughs) most watched whatever yeah um but yeah i mean i think i think the next question is naturally out of this what what do we think the odds are that he starts i i see both sides of the argument that in Alabama obviously didn't bring him in to do nothing. And his familiarity with Tommy Reese, Reese obviously went to Nick Saban and said, we need another guy. And I'd like this guy. I mean, that, that, it seems fairly obvious that that would happen, that that's what happened. I still don't think he's better than the two guys that we just watched for the majority of that spring game last week, though, Colin. I mean, what do you, you agree? I do agree. Yeah, okay. Right, uh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think you're supposed to be the one agreeing with me. I but... know. That's why I said it. I was like, oh no, I gotta, yeah, I gotta yeah. let Colin start feeding this stuff first. That's my bad. My bad. It's yeah. No, that's okay. Early. Um, we'll get this down. Yeah, I, I I do agree. I think that he. I don't think he is very clearly the starter. Um, if you made me put money on it right now, uh, it would probably be like. 40 percent uh buckner 40 percent milrow 20 percent simpson same same yeah exact okay. same percentages yeah yeah oh yeah. okay nice uh it's, it's 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 nice when we agree um yeah i mean i think that buckner's experience in reese's system is going to help him out for sure uh it, it's going to make the transition into that offense a little bit quicker now whether he's going to be better than Milrow or Simpson I think that's kind of remains to be seen at this point he doesn't have a lot of starting experience he doesn't have a lot of football experience over the last couple of years do they I, I wrote up I wrote him up for the Debbie guide we actually just talked about it on the release show that we did uh, it's on the YouTube page go check it out if you guys want to uh, we're going to talk about the Debbie guide here in a minute that was somehow the second biggest piece of news that we had to right discuss right. here tonight um I wrote up Buckner and literally like his experience level right now is high school junior with how many snaps he, cause he didn't play his junior year in high school. He didn't right. play senior year in high school. And over the past two years at Notre Dame, he has thrown, I believe under a hundred passes or, or somewhere around there. And he's rushed 60 times or something like that. I mean, that, that's not a lot of snaps beyond the sophomore year of high school, really. Yeah. Yeah. And the lack of experience, I think you see when he is out there and, you know, he didn't look great in the spring game for Notre Dame either. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to watch that battle in the, in the fall. Cause I think he is very much, he's a very similar player, I think to Simpson uh, and, and, and kind of to an extent Milrow as well. Do you think there's a chance that we see multiple 
different quarterbacks start a game for Alabama this year? Yeah, I would. Uh, if you put the over under at two and a half, I think that'd be a difficult line. Um, Same. I agree. But if you put it at one and a half, I would definitely take the over. Me too. Yeah, I'd go yeah. over one and a half. Yeah. Two and a half is tricky, though. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> major story out of the way. Second major story, guys. We just dropped the Campus to Canton Debbie Guide 2023 edition, our second year now doing this guide with our Debbie team over at C2C. Uh, a big shout out to those guys. Uh, Corey Pereira leads the group. Uh, he, he is our team lead there. Uh, Mike uh, Valerie does a ton of work as well. And those guys do the Back to Debbie pod together. If you guys haven't listened to them before, um, they they have me roll on every single week. They're just, they're so funny. Uh, you think they're funny, Colin? I do. Yeah, I okay. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, we both think they're funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to Dwight. Peebles, he did. He wrote up fifty something profiles as well uh, out of the two hundred and forty seven that are in there. Um, Colin, you wanted us to write an extra three to get to two fifty. I did. I did. I just it felt. I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, we don't want to force it. We don't want to put some people in there that maybe don't don't belong. Although I think there's a couple of pl players that I have ranked that I thought warranted potential inclusion over some other players that I don't have ranked at all. Who would you have chosen as like your last three if you had to uh, get us to 250 and you were picking the entrance? Um, well, I, I am actually, and I say this, now that I say that, you know what? It's a good thing. This is a good thing that I'm saying this out loud. Um, I am going to write an article uh, that are my honorable mentions for okay. the, for the get us to two fifty. Speaking speaking it into existence. That's a great so idea. That, so that way, I have to I have to do it. Um, I, I think there two wide receivers for me uh, are players that stood out that I thought warranted inclusion, and because I don't love these players, but I think the NFL is going to like them enough to draft them. I don't know exactly where yet. Probably day three, uh, but the two guys are Ryan O'Keefe. The wide receiver, formerly of UCF, who transferred to Boston College. Uh, by all accounts, it sounds like he's going to take kind of that Zay Flowers role in that offense. Uh, we'll see how that translates, but he is, and, and he's kind of small, but he's blazing fast. Yeah, he's gonna, he is. He's going to blaze at the combine. I'm glad you agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think the NFL will like that. So I don't know exactly where, but I, th I think he's uh, probably more of a day three guy at this point. And then the other guy wide receiver position wise um, was Ricky Pearsall out of Florida. Um, you, not a guy. You are also a Ricky Pearsall truther. <laughs> I'm not going to call myself a truther. Me neither. Okay. But I, I, I think he is, I think he's underappreciated. Okay. Um, I, I think he's, he's a solid wide receiver. He's the best wide receiver on Florida's team by a good margin. Yeah. As a user, um, those are the words I would use to describe him as well. Yeah. And I think that, the NFL will like him enough to draft him somewhere. Okay. Um, so I think those are the two wide receivers that I probably would have included. Um, and then the only running back really that I th think I, we didn't include Trayshawn Ward, did we? Running back I don't believe Kansas so. State. No. It does sound like that's trending more towards a committee. So I was envisioning him stepping in and handling more of a workload there, but apparently the, the OC does like get it. Get ins. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe that's a little bit more of a committee. So maybe we didn't need to include him, but he is a guy that I have ranked uh, in my like mid thirties, low thirties 
Wow. For, okay. Probably need to drop them a little bit. Um, given the the spring news that it sounds like that's going to be more of a committee. Cause like I said, I was kind of penciling him in as the starter, but I, th- I think he could have warranted potential inclusion. Gotcha. Okay. So there we go. That gets us a 250. <laughs> there it There's is. a ton of stuff in there guys. And actually I sat down with our deputy team lead, Corey Pereira to get the skinny on what all is in there. So uh, enjoy this interview uh, with Corey. All right. We are buzzing today because we have released the Devi guide, the weight lifted off our shoulders. It's available for you to purchase. And I am joined to discuss the guide here with the one and only Corey Pereira. Corey is the head of our Devi team here, somebody that I have uh, known uh, in this space for a very long time. So uh, always happy to talk to him and that I get to work with him all the time. Corey, I want to just jump right into this. Um, the guide itself, what, what can we expect to find in this uh, monstrous 280-page uh, document? Yeah, so I mean, you're going to find 247 individual profiles in this piece uh, of content here. And really, the purpose of this guide is really to help you guys identify those guys that are going to make the transition to your NFL roster. I mean, we've talked about it before. If you're missing guys in C2C leagues, especially, or straight Debbie leagues, it becomes a really hard time for you to kind of try to build up that NFL side of your roster back. So that's our goal here, really trying to give you to give you those things um, uh, to make sure that those guys make the transition to your dynasty rosters. We wrote up. 60 quarterbacks, 76 uh, running backs, 85 wide receivers, and 25 tight ends altogether. So uh, loads of things for you guys to go through. We're also going to, we also dive into a lot of stuff, whether it be the advanced analytics, uh, some data from a guy from Jarek Backus, our data, our main data analyst over at Campus of Ken, really helped us uh, by finding the advanced stats he believes has the strongest correlation to the NFL. So you're going to find those listed in every profile. Um, you're also going to get my guys, um, uh, guys that we we were much higher on than cons- uh, consensus, you know, ranking between six guys here. It gets tough to come to a consensus amongst all six guys. So the My Guy badge was a way for us to kind of throw our props on somebody, guys that we, we can really attach to ourselves. And, I mean, you're the founder of this of this theory. I mean, you're going to find the year one zero theory for wide receivers in this guide as well, which is a, which is a, a great theory that you guys have shown has strong correlation to the NFL uh, production at the NFL level. And it really helps us weed out a lot of these guys we truly don't believe are going to be uh, productive at the NFL level. It, it helps us hop off guys a lot faster um, than some other analysts out there and some other places out there. So you're going to find a lot of stuff in this guide, and it's really going to help you become a better Debbie or C2C player. So you wrote up, Corey, I don't know if number off the top of my head, a little over 60 of these players, I believe, yep. uh, somewhere in that that ballpark. Talk to me a little bit about your process, because you just said we have all these, we have this data in here, we have film notes, we have narrative stuff, you, you've got all these things that kind of come together. How do you piece together the puzzle uh, when you're uh, writing up a player or just you know, analyzing a, a particular player uh, at any given time? Yeah, right. So I I really dive into almost every profile I do. I mean, I'm probably charting at least two to three recent games of players, along with like the baseline stuff that I probably already believe about some of these players. Some of the newer guys, I'll watch a little bit more guys that I don't have a good idea on. And, and I mean, I'm charting. I'm looking for the all 22 that I can find. I'm looking for the full games that I can find. I'm looking to highlight clips. I want to see play to play how they look, what they're doing. You know, I like to look at their backstory, you know, narratives when they were, why their production suffered this year. Was there an injury? Was there something? I want to make sure that you guys have 
all that information in the guide so you can make an, a formed opinion. You know, I'm looking at the advanced stats. I'm looking at everything PFF has to offer. Was he elusive? Did he force a lot of missed tackles? That's something that you guys are going to want to know. You know, are the tools our website has, you know, comparisons to other guys. Some people really love comparisons, have give you a better idea of the athleticism that a guy has when you're comparing him uh, to things, uh, to uh, other players in the NFL right now. So really, I'm trying to look at everything um, that that could, that could comes from a player so that you guys don't even have to watch a snap of this player to have a general idea of what you're looking at. How did you choose which players you wanted to write up? We didn't discuss this question beforehand, but I'm curious. No, that's you and Mike got a head start on it. You guys probably each had, I don't know, 20, 30 guys written up by the time the rest of us hopped in. So yeah. how, how did you kind of choose maybe even just that initial batch at the, at the end, you're kind of just writing guys to, because somebody has to do it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, in the beginning, I think, you know, we were trying to leave some of maybe, you know, the more well-known profiles, the easier ones to write um, at, at the beginning. So me and Mike were really heading for a lot of those my guy situations. I mean, we talk about Mike's misfit land of wide receivers there at the bottom of this this Debbie guy that you're going to find. So the last, find... the last, I don't know, 10 wide receivers, just know Mike likes yeah. them. We we know. We said, okay, buddy, yeah. we'll put them in there for you. Yeah. yeah, we'll toss them in tier seven. We'll see what happens. They might not be here next year anyways. But anyways, you know, hey, I appreciate that. I respect his, his opinion. He's, he's really gung-ho about some of these guys wanted to get him in there that's fine he got him in there so for me it was guys that i really liked felt comfortable with so a couple uh profiles i can get it away and it also comes down to guys that i just wanted to look into more you know guys like bucky irving guys like uh even braylon allen in his second year how he did you know uh, things like that luther burden how he did in his first year i want to i really wanted to dive into the tape and look at things like that so that was kind of how my thought process went and then of course at the end i mean we just got to start picking names i mean i think i wrote up like 15 tight ends and i'll never i never want to write up a tight end again so <laughs> I, I wrote up buckner was the last it was actually the last profile done yeah yeah guide, and that that sucked so much to write i was like if you I, I was saved like, it to like the last moment i was like i'm i was like austin you want me to write it for you man because i know you probably don't want to write it yeah but you got uh, yeah, it done I, so i'm happy it was all, yeah yeah the things we do uh, yeah uh, for everybody for our for our viewers for our readers do you have a favorite that you wrote up this year by a chance or you know whether it's the, the you know the player yourself for whatever reason or or the write-up itself you just really thought uh turned out well yeah i mean i think you know me and you have talked about this for a long time too i posted on a tweet as well you know guy like raheem sanders the the evolvement or the um where he's evolved from year one to year two and seeing that and you know i i really think that i wrote i i followed him for such a long time i had so much to write i probably could have wrote 2500 words on the guy so how that profile came out i really enjoyed the way it read um i really think guys are going to get a good view of him from just that profile and then even a guy like luther burden i think a lot of guys are are i've seen a lot this season that guys are wondering why burn is so high. Why is burn so high? And I really made it a point in this profile to shape, to show you guys, like there's a lot to be excited here about. You guys should not be writing him off this early or putting him in, you know, as wide receiver four in this upcoming class or whatever. Like I still haven't won wide receiver one in this class. So I made it a point to kind of push that in the profile, everything that I've seen, everything that you guys should be paying attention to more than just the raw statistical stats uh, that you see on paper that maybe disappoint you or something like that. So those are, uh, those are two guys that are kind of my favorite so far in this draft. Or, okay. I mean, uh, in this guide, yeah. Okay. Any guys that you kind of changed your opinion on as you watched them? You really liked them, and then after you watched them, you maybe not so much, or or vice versa? Yeah, I think a guy that a lot of people are, are excited about this year um, is Bucky Irving over at Oregon after his breakout year last year. He's a guy that I came away just super underwhelmed with. I was expecting a little bit more when I watched him. You know, he, he's definitely a quick guy in short areas, can make guys miss, but 
really lacks that finishing gear, um, really lacks a little bit of play strength. Um, a guy that really needs to improve his vision around the line of scrimmage as well, bounces, runs out a bunch. So we're going to have to see a, a little bit small too. So we're talking about a guy who probably looks at like a change of pace back right here. And where he's kind of going in drafts right now, I'm seeing round five, I'm seeing round six. I'm just like, I'm completely underwhelmed by that that price tag. And he's, he's a guy that I'm just really not going to have a lot of. All right, well, Corey, thanks for hopping on here. Our our Debbie team lead over at Campus to Canton. You can find him on Twitter at ff underscore underscore guitarist. I know you do some um, some player breakdowns with uh, with Brandon Lejeune as well, so you can find Correct, you doing yeah. some of that as well. Um, Corey, thanks for uh, for hopping on here. Thank you for all of your efforts on this guide and and beyond the guide. Even we just we're we're, we're so happy that we have. Uh, you as a member of the team when we saw you post that on that that tweet what almost a year and a half ago at this point saying you're a free agent we yeah <laughs> we were on that fast and there's a reason for it you're uh you're one of the best uh, out there doing this stuff so thanks for uh, thanks for joining me thanks for talking a little bit about the guide and um yeah looking forward to uh to another year here with you yeah i really appreciate you guys you know bringing me on the team you know the past two years with this with this company is really i've loved the family knit feel that you guys have in this in this group and i really love the way we're heading and and the things that we're doing the advancements that we're making in this field i really like where campus canton is headed as a group so again thank you for having me on thank you for having me as part of the team and i'm looking forward to what year three brings all right always a good time sitting down with Corey. i actually don't get to sit down enough with him one-on-one i think while you're gone getting married con i'm gonna try to have him on so sounds good yeah. couldn't think of a better replacement me neither temporary replacement me neither um that debbie guide guys by the way uh we don't talk about it in the interview twenty dollars at campus if you are a yearly nil member you should have already received an email in your inbox detailing how you can go ahead and get that downloaded if you can't find the email step one check your spam and if it's still not there go ahead and reach out to us campus at gmail.com hit us up on our discord on twitter at campus pretty much anywhere um and, and we'll get back to you uh, and help you get that sorted out. If you are a yearly scholarship or grandfather member, grandfather folks are the people that were with us basically since the very beginning, and they got grandfathered uh, into that middle tier. Um, you guys get your choice of one guide per year. So if this is the guide you want between this, the freshman slash supplemental guide and the CFF guide, um, then you also have received an email with a code that will walk you through how to download it, and then that will be yours um if you've already chosen your guide and you're one of those th those uh those groups or uh, you don't fit in any of them twenty dollars get you the guide campuscanton.com go ahead and check that out um and i think it's uh review early reviews are very positive so i think uh, i think we did a better job on, on everything this year like down to like it's been floating out there in front of hundreds of eyeballs at this point all day and we've people have found like two typos in the entire 280 page thing. Like we went through this thing with a fine tooth comb. So we did. very proud of it. I think it's really good. Now you it's, did. it's nap time. You were so up. Everybody you were up. I mean, well, yes, but you were up late. I was. I was editing, uh, getting it, getting it done. Crunch yeah. time. And then, and then in turn, you were also up late because you're the one who has to send it to everybody. So yes, but I am normally up till about like one o'clock. Is this a bad time to tell you that in the middle of the day I went and got tacos and margs? So it actually could have been done earlier, but I was doing tacos and margs. Um, I don't think it's ever a bad time to tell me that you went and got tacos and margs. I did. It's this place yeah. in Gettysburg. If you live in, or, or, yeah, in Pittsburgh, if you ever go to Pittsburgh, Bakersfield, downtown, they have these great little street tacos, and there, but their margaritas are super sour, which is how I love my margs. Okay. So there's, there's my second pitch. 
of the episode. Go by the Debbie Guide. Go to Bakersfield. All right. Let's hop into some news here, Colin. Um, there's a lot of kind of late last minute transfer portal stuff, as you, you know, heard and we, we insinuated in that opening clip. Uh, guys had to be in by today, I believe. So the, the remnants are kind of filtering uh, out uh, in terms of news items. I want to start that with Colorado because I think this is the biggest story right now in college football. And I think we're going to discuss this from a fantasy aspect, but also just it's intriguing. I think this is what Felix often talks about when he references, you know, just just Dion making Colorado relevant, putting them back on the map here. Colorado, uh, I believe, had 85 or 83 players on scholarship last year on their roster. Only 13 remain. 70 players last year have either graduated or entered the portal. That's insane. That is, I, I haven't taken a look that closely at the CFB winning edge, like returning production for Colorado, but it's probably the lowest like ever, I would think. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. I mean, they. I think they lost every single touch that they got out of their backfield and their wide receiver room. So right there, I mean, and their quarterback is gone. He might be starting in Nevada somehow, um, Brendan <laughs> Lewis, uh, which just shocked me when I saw that the other day. I agree. <laughs> You're doing it wrong, Collins. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And I think I, I just wanted to highlight some of the players. I, I've been thinking about this a lot, like just, just thinking on it. I've been trying to stay – I still am. I, I've been trying to stay very neutral on it because we really truly have never seen anything like this before. It is unprecedented. So we don't know if it's going to work. So I have tried to be pretty open-minded with it even though I'm not necessarily the biggest Dion fan. I think I've talked about that uh, across a variety of shows here at C2C and over on, on, on Better Sports Network as well. But I do think it's interesting, and, and today kind of really uh, punched this home for me. So last year, they had Jordan Tyson, Tyson, that true freshman wide receiver, that ended up leading the team. He was pretty good for them last year. Mm-hmm. Towards ACL at the end of the year, it didn't sound like he was maybe really going to play that much this year anyway, just because of, uh, of the injury and everything. But he left, entered the portal, as did uh, Montana Lamonius Craig, is how we're saying it. So that was Colin, <laughs> Colin's uh, pronunciation before the show, and I'm agreeing. You with agreed, him. though. I'm agreeing with him. Yes, you did. Yes. And they've replaced them with some decent players. Don't get me wrong. Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver come over from USF. Travis Hunter, obviously, is going to play both ways. uh, Former number one overall recruit in his class. But even if they didn't plan on really playing a guy like, like Tyson or Lamonius Craig that much this year, the guys that they're replacing them with on the back end, like Tarverish Dawson, who signed there today, the former Auburn wide receiver, these are significant. These are worse, pl- notably worse players yeah. than the guys that are entering the portal and they're replacing. They've also had multiple players who they signed in January out of the portal and then re entered the portal after the spring, which tells me that either there isn't really a plan there or that Dion's. Ability to assess, evaluate talent and plug it into his roster is is flawed. It's it's gotta be one or the other of those. So it's this this has just been very intriguing to me. Obviously, we didn't, won't even know how this works out for two years, but I think Dion seems to think that you can take a one eleven, a one and eleven roster and make it nine and three. Where in reality, you have to build the the six and seven roster first. And then bump it up those extra couple wins. There, there is no cheap, you know, a shortcut between the two. 
Yeah, it, it takes a truly special situation to go from as bad as Colorado was last year, one and seven, to a nine and a nine win team. And like that just doesn't happen, like you said. And even to get Colorado from where they were last year to a bowl game, six win team, would take a lot of a lot of work. Uh, given the state of the program when, and then when Dion came in, even before all of the, this mass exodus, it would have taken a lot of work and they have a really difficult schedule, but you throw in all of these players leaving and you've said it before. It really, it, maybe these players don't start for Colorado or, you know, maybe he doesn't view them as like long-term starters in his system or whatever it is, but you got to have depth players injuries happen all the time players need to rotate in and out like you can't they have 13 players on scholarship left from last year like you said you know last time i checked and i'm not a math guy you need bare minimum 11 players and that's on both sides of the ball so you know and that's if you have guys play both sides of the ball. as so, i want to hear i want to see the combinations that, that they come up with to, to make yeah, that work that's going to be real interesting uh, but then even a player like Sadu Traore, who transferred in, like that's a great one. Yeah, we liked that fit for the most part. I mean, Sean Lewis's system at Kent State didn't really use the tight end much, but Traore is kind of more of uh, like a, a big slot, like a tight end that you'll like slide out. You're not going to use him like a traditional tight end. So they could have gotten creative with him, and he's gone. So there's at least there's players coming in, the players going out. They lose a lot of quality depth, and they're replacing them guys, replacing them with guys like Tavarish Dawson, who couldn't even crack the lineup at Auburn last year. And Auburn had an abysmal wide receiver room last year. Like worst. Auburn, who was worse, Florida Florida's wide receivers or Auburn's wide receivers last Auburn. year? Auburn, Auburn by far. At least Florida had Ricky Pearsall, our guy. guy. We both like yeah. Hashtag our guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the last, I can't even think of the last successful Auburn wide receiver in the NFL. So it's not like Auburn's like a normal powerhouse wide receiver program. And this yeah. is like a down stretch. Like Auburn's not known for their wide receivers. And last year was really bad for Auburn standards. Like, I think they probably had the worst wide receiver room in the SEC last year. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I was just waiting. I was just waiting to see if you agreed or not. Um, no, I had to think on it. And Tavares Dawson couldn't even crack that lineup. So now he's coming over to Colorado, and they need another starting wide receiver because they have Horn, Weaver, and Hunter. And Hunter's going to play both ways. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and Treore, funnily enough, apparently is about maybe going to head back to Arkansas State. So, um, uh, they word on the street. They all leave, and then they come right back. Corey Rucker. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who else? Um, uh, Tyron Smith did it this offseason, too. Yeah. 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 Man, if Is I'm he... that coach, I make you crawl back through glass, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You took it for your home? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice Happy Gilmore reference. Thank you. Thank you. Every episode is a little better if we have a Happy Gilmore reference in there. So I, I, we hadn't really talked about it that much on the show. I, I mean, it's just it's it's a fascinating situation, and if it if it works, then I wonder. Well, Dion's not gonna if it if it works, he's gonna leave and go somewhere else. It's yeah. higher profile; he's not gonna stay there. But I do wonder if it paves the way for other 
similar experimentation. I don't think a, there's a ton of guys out there like Dion that could do it and get away with it. Yeah, I um, think that's the thing. It's a confluence of odd circumstances that kind of came together to create this monster. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely worth watching here. And they still... It, the other thing about them that's really weird is their recruiting class this year, they got Cormani McLean, who I think is mm-hmm. a pretty... Uh, nice get for them yeah but the other kind of guys that they were able to flip late in the process i think aren't they're kind of tweener weren't really highly recruited kind of guys like adam hopkins it's the wide receiver yeah. they pulled out he might actually be a db like i don't know that he's actually a good wide receiver i've watched a lot of him uh he came away really unimpressed and his offer sheet wasn't it, it, where was he going before nebraska or something Something like that. It wasn't something like, like a, that. No, it wasn't, wasn't a great landing big. spot. Dylan Edwards. I mean, they did take him from Notre Dame, but he's so he, small. Yeah, I mean, like there, there's no not that they care about it, but there's no real NFL hopes for a guy. If Deuce Vaughn just went like this, the only reason Deuce Vaughn just got drafted is because his dad's a scout for the Cowboys. Like, if he wasn't, this wouldn't have happened. So, a guy like Dylan Edwards, who they already Notre Dame had Jeremiah Love in the same class, and uh, have some other guys there as well. And we're actually going to talk about them here in a little bit, but I like it, the, the class itself, the first class, like, I don't expect it to be amazing, but it, it, it wasn't great. And it doesn't sound like they're really making that much headway in the 2024 class either. So it's just a, the whole situation could either be awesome or it could just be a total dumpster fire in eight months. We, it'll, it'll be very interesting to watch it. It is definitely going to be one of, if not the most interesting storyline in college this year. Um, but you can always count on Dion for entertainment value. Speaking of the transfer portal, just want to go through some guys that have kind of jumped in late here that are probably at least mildly interesting to us. And I think we should start off with Keon Coleman and Peyton Thorne, the QB wide receiver duo. We don't care that much about Thorne handing out of Michigan State. Uh, Thorne's really noteworthy just because now we have to see who who steps in to be the starter there for them. It sounds like Noah Kim might be the leader in the clubhouse. Katten Hauser, a, a kid that came in last offseason that I know our own Matt Bruning really liked. Sam Levitt's a kid that we really like in this year's class. So that'll be interesting. But Coleman was expected to really be the leading guy for them this year. He's a basketball background, 6'3", 6'4", kind of guy. I don't know where he ends up, Colin. Do you have a, a landing spot for Coleman that you think would be good for him? Or, or what are we thinking here? I honestly don't. I haven't even... That that one it surprised me that he entered the portal. Now, Michigan State just saw Jaden Reed get drafted higher than people thought. I yeah. mean, day two draft capital. I mean, you know, you called it, but you know, not that many, not that many people mere, were on the, mere mortals were not on that plane. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Um, so we know Michigan State like can put wide receivers into the NFL. You know, they just did it with Jaden Reed. So I don't know why Keon Coleman is heading into the portal here unless there's somebody that is like trying to pull him to their program. And it's like a little bit higher profile. Like I don't see a scenario. It would be incredibly stupid of him, but I don't see a scenario where he enters the portal and doesn't have an idea of where he's going. Uh, I feel like there was probably some behind the scene tampering. Now I haven't heard any rumors about that at all. So this is just wild speculation. Um, that you are that's kind course, of speculation yeah that was that you are of course uh would would agree with mm-hmm. but i because he's gonna he was gonna be the starter there and he was gonna be the guy so i'll be really curious to see where he goes i don't really have an inkling of of where he's gonna end up i don't either i don't either 
and that's not just me agreeing with you. I, I honestly I <laughs> don't. Uh, we talked about this for a while in our, our CFF chat today. Um, you have to figure it probably as a team that has a little bit of NIL money hanging around mm-hmm. and a team that needs a wide receiver. And like, and the, the trio is that they also probably need to at least be moderately competitive. Yeah. So who, who fits into that kind of, grouping that we batted around a couple ideas uh a lot of them fit two of the three but not necessarily all three a school like michigan which if you do that you are correct me if i'm wrong colin the world's biggest piece of garbage if you go from one school on the side of an enormous rivalry to the other yeah you suck yeah and it's like this late in the process and like especially when you were going to be like the big name for the little brother in that rivalry like i don't think old miss and mississippi state is like a big brother little brother not in quite the same way that michigan michigan state is yeah um but there was what malik heath did that he went from mississippi state to old miss i believe forgot about that um, yeah so like but that's still that that's pretty scummy this this would be worse way worse yeah i agree way worse um yeah, so I, but Michigan was one we floated around. And they kind of checked off some of the boxes. Honestly, Alabama needs a receiver, but I don't know if they'll they'll come knocking. But they they really could use a guy. If USC hadn't well, gone out and got Dorian, they Singer, have a lot of guys. They need the guy. That's true. That's I don't true. know if he could be the guy. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I don't think anybody knows. It's yeah. it's a very fair point. I mean, this is a guy, kind of guy who we're expecting a breakout. Maybe he thinks higher of himself than maybe people are prepared to label yeah. him. I of course, maybe if he goes to Alabama, he'll try and play basketball there too. <laughs> They're having all sorts of issues down there. Uh, so um, next up here, Logan Diggs running back from Notre Dame or formerly of Notre Dame also entered the portal. Colin, who benefits the most from this at Notre Dame? Yeah, I think uh, Audric Estime would be the one who would benefit the most from this um this is suddenly a thin backfield you know coming into this season we were expecting digs estimate coming into the spring digs estimate we were still expecting chris tyree to be a running back he's since moved to wide receiver kind of a slot role um jadarian price is there uh he's recovering from his achilles so we'll see how that ends up going uh you know, they have Jeremiah Love, who they bring in. They were going to be bringing in Dylan Edwards. So like, we thought this was going to be a pretty crowded room. And it's it's really not anymore. You know, Diggs is in the portal. Tyree, a slot receiver now, like we were saying. Est- or Price still working his way back. It's really Estime and uh, another guy by the name of Jabran Payne uh, is, is, is on the roster there. You know, Jeremiah Love also there. Uh, I think Love is better than Payne overall. But I believe I, I, was... I agree. I have always said that I would prefer love to pain. Yes. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> Too easy. Sorry. That was that was a softball. Yeah. Thank you. Allie. Um, but yeah, I mean, I believe I was chastised before about pain as well. Uh, and it just looks like maybe, you know, he's not totally somebody that should be written off. Would you would, would you agree with that? I would agree. I would agree. Can't write off Brand Payne. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, going back I, to your original it, question, I think it's estimate. 
just looking at how they kind of divvied up carries last year between Tyree, Estime, and Diggs. And Diggs, Diggs did have the most carries on the team, even with that early season shoulder injury they kept him out of slash limited the first handful of games of the season. Um, Diggs had 165 carries, Estime had 156, and Tyree had 100. So what is that, 420-something? Uh, essentially between our Please. top three backs like that. They, they, <laughs> oh my God. Um, yes, they, they had a pretty high amount of carries between those three guys. So yeah, I mean, I mean Jeremiah Love, I think, I, I don't know that I can bump him higher in my rankings, mm-hmm. but I think he's definitely intriguing, even more intriguing yeah. than he was six weeks ago. Who do you think has a better pro potential better pro potential estimate or love both of those guys have a huge issue <laughs> estimate can't move and which is probably not great if you want to be in the nfl uh, he, he's okay in the straight line but he can't really do much else he's pretty limited and love is really soft like he's thin framed he has small lower half he will look to avoid contact when possible if he gets the space he's super dangerous but he's not great getting there sometimes so like i think i think both have a big issue i think if you could combine them both into one player uh that player's a first round draft pick in the nfl <laughs> but um i don't know i i i would say maybe estimate has the I'll say estimate today, but I think they're both interesting. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't. I don't have estimate rated that highly uh, for Devi purposes. Like, I mean, I'm moving him up now here for C2C because, like, I think he will be the workhorse there for yeah. them. Yeah, like for the most part, like he's going to get volume. Um, but I, for Devi, like, I didn't even have him ranked at the time that we were doing the guide. I have since put him i think he's like 80th out of 85 i, I think i have him like 73rd or something yeah I, and i think i have like 75 to 80 guys ranked yeah yeah so i this isn't a guy that i think there's much pro potential for like he could provide some value for cff but that's really about it yeah some other quick names here colin i don't know that we have a lot of answers today so we don't need to dive too deep into them thomas castellanos the former UCF uh, quarterback entered the portal. We speculated in maybe Texas State, one of these kind of smaller schools. He's going to Boston College. I think that's interesting. They don't have is it is it a Moorhead that's there right now? They're, yeah. they're returning quarterback. I mean, he's not any good, but I don't know that Castellanos is better. He's different. Yeah, yeah. Moorhead is much more of like a passer. Like a like I don't think. <laughs> You can't even use that word to describe it. I struggle to even call Castellanos a quarterback at this point. He's awful throwing the football. Yeah, well, I mean, UCF was the only school that wanted him to play quarterback. Other schools wanted him to play like running back or DB. Let, let's let's clarify that statement. Gus Malzahn is the only person that hmm. thought he should play quarterback, <laughs> which is not surprising if you know Gus Malzahn's history of quarterbacks. He turned Nick Marshall into a quarterback. Yeah. It was a I corner. Mean, Literally, this guy got his hands on Cam Newton and was like, holy shit, this is so easy. And then <laughs> yeah. spent the last decade going, maybe this wasn't so easy. <laughs> that is, That might be the most accurate representation of Gus Malzahn I think I've ever heard. 
He's like, why don't you just you just you, you get Cam Newton, you win a national championship? This is so easy. Why does everybody have such a hard idiot. time with this? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it hasn't worked out so well since then. It's good. John Reese Plumley's still there. He's got another year. So um, yeah, I mean, this is it. it's a total shift 180 from what they were doing before. So I don't I don't really know what to expect from this. I think this is a complete wait and see moment. I guess if you have Castellanos, you probably hold him. Because I mean, there is a chance that he can go to the ACC and run for 1,200 yards. I mean, yeah, it's definitely fair he's just to call him raw or unrefined as a passer would be probably generous at this point yeah uh yeah so i still think this is going to be more heads roll and honestly i just talked about ryan o'keefe at the top of the show like if castellanos is <laughs> is the quarterback like you just forget okay. everything i said about yeah. <laughs> ryan o'keefe yeah yeah that's fair alt mccaskill former houston running back in the portal a guy that had that enormous freshman season had what like 17 touchdowns or something stupid. Um, he just scored the same way every week. 25 yard run. He breaks three tackles at the line of scrimmage. He runs straight, runs really hard, and he goes in. But he's he, like he's a good pass catcher too. Like he's a mm-hmm. fascinating player. I no idea what to make with him. Rumors that he's going to Colorado, but I haven't seen anything concrete there. So that'll be an interesting one to see where he ends up. I think that's one of the few guys that is legitimately interesting for fantasy and potentially for Debbie that that's in the portal here. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that McCaskill is entering that post hype sleeper territory, depending on where he goes. Um, Where would be a spot that you would think that he's in that territory, Colin? Oh man. There's, there's a couple of schools that I think could use a running back. I mean, Missouri stands out like, we didn't really we liked a couple of those guys. This there. is all speculation like, for the record. Yes, a hundred percent speculation. Um Missouri, like we we liked Nathaniel Pete, but he really wasn't it. Like I liked Tavoris Jones. It doesn't sound like he's gonna do anything. They could use a running back. Um, and I think that would be about his level. I think he could be really solid at Missouri and step for in sure. and play right away. Cause I'm assuming he's gonna want to play right away. Um that's I think that's one of the big things there. So like that would be really interesting. And if you want to stay in the state of Texas, like I'm not sold that Trey Sanders is it for TCU. What about Monty Bailey? Bates or Monty Bailey? Amani yeah, Amani Bailey's intriguing, but I think McCaskill's a better player. So I could see that being maybe a potential landing spot. But again, this is just wild speculation. Did you see the Holgerson quote about him? I did not. So I don't have the quote in front of me, uh, so I'm not reading this directly, but he basically said like he he didn't really practice this spring. He's still coming back from the torn ACL that he suffered about this time last year, Mm -hmm. but he was saying everything was going well. Like he was doing well on whatever he could do. He was upbeat and positive. Things were going great. And then he literally just like came into his office and was said, I'm going to enter the portal. And Holgerson, I think was pretty blindsided by it. So I think, he was going to be in their plans for next year. So I don't know what prompted this. I'm pretty sure he's from down that area too. So it's not like he wants to, he's homesick and wants to go back home. So this, this was a a really surprising one to me. And that is kind of why Colorado feels like a fair destination because they have to be doing, just making phone calls at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's over now, but yeah. Yeah. Begging, begging. What's the meme begging through texts for the, whatever the, the the mark cuban meme you know <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> driving around Houston Bay or Dallas begging through text for yeah I don't, I don't know what it is yeah. I, I butchered it but yeah yeah no I I know what you meant Zachary Franklin's Franklin's the other one here wide receiver uh, UTSA this one's really surprising uh, I mean he he's led that room for the past couple of years I don't know that his like I think he's he's a good enough player to make a step up how big of that uh, of a step up TBD I mean thoughts on Franklin here Colin I was, I was relying on him in a couple spots this year. This kind of upset me. I think it upset a lot of people because I feel like if we were going to see him make that step up, I felt like we would have seen it last year. Like or that's... four months ago. Like, Well, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> um, but I feel like last year he was kind of a buzzy name. And then he, I mean, he proceeded to have a really nice year last year as well. So, you know, stay at UTSA, have put up, bunch of stats but but then like you said like why not four months ago why not at this time last year why now why is he just now entering the portal which i think is is a really interesting question i think there's some teams out there that do need wide receiver help so maybe it's colorado maybe they're giving him a call too i don't know how many why their roster is going to be all wide receivers 18 percent wide receivers at this point like there that seems like the guys that they're going after are all wide receivers yeah Yes, I, I don't know. I, I mean, this is definitely impactful for CFF. I, you know, at this point, to Corey and Clark, Josh Cephas get a bump, um, you know, they could, because they get Frank Harris back. That offense should essentially function very similarly, even without Will Stein. I think this is going to be a, a solid offense, too. So those two get a bump up, and we just have to kind of see where Franklin goes. I mean, I know some people were mildly interested in him and Debbie, but you know, there's some reports out there that he may be um, not the most likable person, maybe a little bit of a knucklehead. Troubled soul. Yeah. I'm your PR guy now. Thank you. A little bit of housekeeping, guys. We're going to hop into uh, just some broader discussion here, uh, bring it home. And now that now that uh, now that the draft's over, now that signing day's over, all these things, it springs over uh, a little bit of a dead period for us. So. First off, go check out campusdecant.com, our parent website. Uh, we already talked about the Debbie guide over there, but there is still a ton of other stuff going on. The rankings for everybody are really starting to get uh, nailed down. Uh, I like for the majority or for the most part where, where mine are at. Um, we've got the C, you know, the, this, the, the C200, our, our, uh, our uh, what do we call What do they call Cornerstone. Cornerstone, thank you. Our cornerstone yeah. rankings so you can see college and nfl guys all on one ranking sheet together um cff devi campus to canton we've got nfl stuff too we have rookie rankings you guys were talking about getting those updated today we, mm-hmm. we've got all that stuff going on sounds like pretty much everybody has those updated it did yeah it was a, it was a, it was a productive discussion that that everybody had mm-hmm. about it about, was you know upset. i get upset when people tell me but uh, tell you mind your own damn business <laughs> yeah no sounds like uh, the rookie rankings should be updated yeah, I don't do those, by the way. Um, we know. You've said that. Um, you don't rank NFL anymore. I do not rank NFL anymore. You're welcome. Um, check out the Freshman Supplemental Guide if you haven't done that yet. I'm sure those uh, that that those drafts are starting to get started up here. And speaking of that, if you are an NIL member, the first wave of emails has already gone out. We're scheduling uh, all of those as we speak. If you didn't get a, 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 an email, we're basically sending them out in waves just so we don't accidentally like double and triple book stuff so you'll get them in the next couple of days if you've responded to our our questionnaire essentially it's don't don't panic it's coming it'll be there shortly 
Um, I think that's all we have over at Campus to Canton, though, Colin. Do you have anything else interesting here to uh, to discuss about the site? No. Um, there's, you know, now that things have finally uh, slowed up a little bit, you know, we, we rolled right in from the season, right into the freshman guide, freshman guide, right into the Debbie guide, Debbie guide, right into the NFL draft. Uh, but now that that's finally, you know, slowing down a little bit, I, I'm going to make a, a couple tweaks to the oh, website, please. aesthetic, aesthetic ones. You know? oh. So keep an eye out for those. They'll be coming in the next, you know, couple of weeks. All right. It's going to be slow going because I have the, the wedding coming up here. So I can only do so much at a time, but just you little things. here first. And maybe we have, I don't know, another solid announcement over the course of the offseason. Who's to say? It's still early. Still got some time left. It is. I, I think we teased something a while back. It's still uh, happening. Yeah, it's still happening. And it's actually, I have a timeline now, but I'm not going to tell it on this show. You have to keep tuning in to find out. Got to keep tuning in. Tune All in right. next week. Exactly. Is that Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Style. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, <next> week. <laughs> that was actually never a show that I watched. I think we've talked about that on this show mm-hmm. before. I used to, I, lo- I love Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I was not. Uh, I mean, like, I just wasn't interested in it, I don't think. And I just haven't yeah. gone back to it. Not like an anime guy? You don't seem like an anime guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I mean I'm not like anti. I really like uh isn't Avatar the Last Airbender an anime? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, that's a that's a light anime. That's like a, a Dragon pop. Ball Z isn't? If it's that well, mainstream, I, it's a light anime. I hate to break it to you. That's Paula. that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not like pretending I'm just like super deep over here or anything like that in anime, but like I do I, I you know, Dragon Ball Z Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, that whole saga, Naruto. Attack on Titan, One Punch Man, a bunch of different ones in there too. You're already speaking past me, buddy, but yeah. it sounds great. <laughs> JoJo's. Yeah. Sure. All right. <laughs> All right, Colin. So here, here's how the end of the show is going to go. We do have our freshman profiles. We each have one of those, and we are going to do those at the end. Um, some true false to get us through the end of this episode. How, how, how's that sound? Sounds good to me. Cool. Okay. Me too. Good. All right, we talked a little bit about this last week, Colin, but now we've had some time to really uh, chew on this. Justice Haynes, freshman running back at Alabama. I believe we had him as our second ranked back in the class in our freshman guide, I think. Sounds right. That sounds right to me, too. Uh, He was my RB3 in the class. He was Alfred and Felix's RB1, uh, famously at this point. Um, Justice Haynes should now be a top two back in the class. Consensus, just a thousand percent open and shut case. True or false? True, true. Yeah, okay. um, I think I had him as as my RB two in the class. So you know, I started here. Uh, I'm glad that other people are are are, are catching up. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I was driving that ship, but yeah, I had him as, as a top. You two could. Guy. I'd back you up right now. You want? That's a good point. Come on, do it. Come on, do it. No, I, I don't. I don't want to. I, I don't want a message from Felix <laughs> or Alfred on the off chance that he listens to this. Although he says he has been getting better, but he doesn't comment on anything. That better say than zero percent so. is one percent. So yeah, that's I'm, a good point. I'm not sure how much I believe that. It's a good point. It's a good point. But yeah, no, I that that's true. He should absolutely unequivocally be a top two back in this class. Would you take him over Baxter if you had a if you're on the clock today? You had a draft. Uh, you're sitting no. at 107, 
and both are sitting there staring at you in the face? No, I don't think that I would. I know that Texas's backfield is still pretty crowded too, but I was never the biggest Jonathan Brooks guy. I think he's fine. Um, Keelan Robinson is literally just a pass catching back, and I don't really think all that highly of him either. Um, I still like Jaden Blue. Me too. So I, I do think if there's going to be like a, a committee, like the best committee would be Blue and Baxter. But a lot, I, and I wrote up Cedric Baxter's profile for the Devi Guide, a lot has been made this offseason of, of Sark. And Sark has made a lot of this too, saying that he had every year he's coached in college, he has had a 1,000 yards rusher. Every year he's been a, a, an offensive coordinator head coach in college, he's had a thousand yard rusher. I don't think he says that type of stuff unless he like, he was not going to come out and openly say that kind of stuff unless he kind of wants to keep that going. And if there's a guy on this roster that I think is a thousand yard rusher, even right now, I think it's Cedric Baxter. I think he has the best workhorse potential on that roster. So if Sark, if Sark wants that, I think that's the route that goes. So that does keep Baxter ahead of, of Haynes for me. I agree with all of that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Baxter, best bell cow potential, Haynes. You got to have him at RB2, though. Can't have anybody else ahead of him. No, no, I agree with that. All right, Colin. Prompt number two. This freshman wide receiver class is actually looking pretty dang good at the top. Not that we thought it looked bad. It was definitely better than the running back class, but true or false, freshman wide receivers stock up. Uh, True. True. Yeah. Um, we've seen, you know, Zachariah Branch making a lot of headway. I've seen uh, or a lot of news. We've seen Jonte Cook making news, some spectacular plays here and there. Uh, Brandon Innes not on campus yet. Makai Lemon hasn't really been making a lot of waves yet, but I st- he's still a player that I, I believe in. I think his position is a little bit more crowded uh, than what Branch is. Branch offers a little bit different um of a skill set and i think that lemon kind of falls in skill set wise with with like where they have their biggest log jam like rice and taj washington to an extent um you know some of those outside guys sure so i'm not necessarily surprised that he's not making these huge waves like zachariah branches plus spring practices are kind of what zachariah branches is where he's going to shine you know like he's just that type of player He's dynamic. He's going to look really good in those types of settings. Not that he's not going to look good in games too, but like he's going to look really good in those spring settings. So I'm not surprised that he's looking good. And then you got Carnell Tate too, you know, reportedly also looking really good. Even Noah Rogers has made some waves too. So yeah, I think this is true. Top of the class looking good. It is looking great. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's true. Um, and that's not even talking about some of the other names that, that, that played well this spring guy yeah. like Jaden Greathouse, who we, mm-hmm. we speculate on the show. We're saying, you know, is he not really getting on well there? Is he kind of struggling to adjust to the, the speed of play? Cause he's not the most athletic guy in the world. And then he went out in that spring game and, and had himself a day over a hundred, hundred yards receiving. So like yeah. 11 catches for 11 30 some yeah. yards, something like that in the touchdown. So, uh, I, I don't worry about him so much anymore. We haven't heard that much on Dickey yet, during on Dickey at Oregon. Uh, he's he still got a lot of potential there. Uh, Malik Benson at Alabama mm-hmm. had himself. Yeah. He, he, the end of that spring game was really where he shone, but or shined, shone, shine, Sean, Sheen, Sheened, Sheened. Yes, that's where he sheened. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's it's a pretty yeah. intriguing Van class. Vandrevius Jacobs. Jacobs, a, yes. yes. That was a guy that uh, I think we as a site were higher on than most of the other services. Yeah. I can't take credit for that. That wasn't me. But that was I think big wide receiver. I found him first, but not that yeah. he was like some zero star guy out of the mountains right. in West Virginia or something. Right. But yeah. Um, it just totally small side tangent here, but like relates back to the Keon Coleman entering the portal. Now Jalen Smith was a guy that we kind of liked too. Uh, wide receivers attending Michigan state. Does this maybe open up some opportunity for him? Do you think? Well, what do you think? Uh, I think it does open up some opportunity for him Same. because I'm glad I'm, you said that. I'm not a huge Antonio Gates jr. Fan. Uh, unironically I, me neither. <laughs> um yeah so i I don't think they have anybody else there because jeremy bernard left too um so yeah i I think this opens up you know an intriguing opportunity for jalen smith i think that's a name to tuck away yeah and i just want to we talked about this earlier like if you're trying to pinpoint the next guys up at michigan state i'm not sure it's worth the effort to do that i think that's just gonna be a dumpster fire this year Uh, i'm not sure that that's something that i'm losing sleep over as i'm trying you know antonio gates worship junior worship which yes his dad is the one you're thinking of um you know where should i be taking him in drafts i mean i guess he's probably rosterable now just because but I, yeah, I, but, yeah i don't want any of the only quarterback that i think is rosterable on michigan state and correct me if i'm wrong colin is levitt i don't want kim i don't think like and i don't want hauser i don't think either of them are quality players uh i've really cooled on hauser I think there is definitely an argument to roster him if he wins, especially if he ends up winning this job. But if you're in the mind of like min-maxing your roster, then he's not somebody that you would have. Well, he couldn't beat out. And again, you can do this argument for every, you know, we've already been doing this for the past couple of months with Will Levis. And then you just circle back to Burrow. And, and Hey, Sean Clifford deals. was a fifth round pick, man. We're going to, have to talk about that in Ken Balance week. That and Brenton Strange, not the crap on Penn State guys, were just brutal, brutal reaches. Like, I'm, I'm like, what? Did they just, what? It's like cleaning out my ears. They just, just say Sean Clifford? Um, <laughs> Brenton Strange? Holy crap. Um, I don't remember what I was talking Oh, yeah. But like, Hauser. He, Hauser couldn't beat out Thorne and by all accounts didn't look anywhere close to him in practice. This isn't like a, they were both dueling and he lost out and people right. are wondering why. Like I, so I, somebody asked Matt, Matt, uh, Matt stuff. Well, I, I created that nice list on Twitter of all of the people that work with us at campus to Canton. And I saw that Matt was chatting with somebody about, is it worth rostering Hauser? Somebody said, you know, should I cut him or not? And Matt of course was the biggest Hauser fan last year. So he yeah. said, yes. And I said, if you got to get down to roster cuts at the end of the year, I think he's a guy that I'm fine cutting and I'm not really going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah. I I would agree with that. I'm not going to lose sleep over cutting him. I don't think you're going to get burned. Um, but I'm not cutting him unless I have to. It's not like, well, he's done. I'm out. Uh, you know, I'll wait until maybe a little closer to the supplemental draft for that league and see where my roster's at, how many open spots I have um, before I would consider cutting him. He's not like a must-cut candidate for me. I but agree. he's also definitely not a must-keep. I agree. Uh, opponents oh. opponents of that viewpoint might say that he's probably not a CFF guy or a Debbie guy, but I agree with you. I agree with you. That is not my thought. 
Um, people would say. People would say this. Some people. Some yeah. people, not me. One other true false here for you, Colin, before we hop into these freshman profiles. We brainstormed at the beginning of this episode, well, while we were sitting backstage, an offense that has a lot of potential this year that the value is not yet caught up in drafts. And we, who did we decide on, Colin? We decided on... Who did you decide on? I decided on Louisville. It's a good one. It's a really good one. It is. I think that there is... People are generally aware of the potential of Louisville, but the value of the specific players has not caught up to that potential. Like people know Jeff Brom moved from Purdue. Now he's at Louisville. Um, Jeff Brom produces high-end fantasy uh, options for college. I mean, he, so since 2016, he has thrown, he has passed at a 59.9% neutral game script pass rate. Um, Outside of last year, which was 55.7%, he was over 60% for the past four straight years. Uh, 2016 is back when he was at uh, Kentucky or Western Kentucky. 2017 starts his Purdue uh, run. But all of those are significantly above the average for neutral game script pass rate. So you know he's going to throw the ball. You know he produces good wide receiver one seasons he's had rondell moore he's had david bell chuck sizzle like his wide receiver one eats and we know this we're aware of these things but i don't think the value for the quarterback and the wide receivers have quite caught up yet like jack Plummer, we know jack Plummer is going to be the starting quarterback here um they lose um Almost, they lose like almost 60% of their production from last year for their passing offense. And a lot of that's Malik Cunningham. Uh, but they don't have anybody else really on that roster that is going to push Jack Plummer. Jack Plummer, formerly of Purdue. I was going to say, he has experience in that system. He, yeah. he knows it. Yeah. Now, he, he, Jack Plummer got hurt for like three years in a row. But last year, he put the full season together. He finally played a full year. Um, 62.5% completion percentage, over 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns at Cal. Cal isn't like a great program there, but pair that that's like solid. <laughs> You'll wonder if part of that's related to Plummer or not, but that's a different discussion yeah. for a different day. Yeah, they weren't a good team regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so, you, but you put him back in Jeff Brom's system, and I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be a guy that you can start for, for CFF. And then at the wide receiver position, you know, we're talking about a couple of different names at different times. It sounds like Jamari Thrash is the guy who's kind of making the name there. He's probably the guy that I would invest in, um, but he's super cheap. Yeah. I, honestly, all of the positions are still cheap. And I think it's really intriguing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how much NFL upside there is for a lot of these guys, which I do think is a legitimate concern. But I think you mm -hmm. covered a lot of the reason why. A current cost, it probably doesn't really matter. Kiwan Brown is a guy that I'm circling. Mm. It's just really interesting. The running back coming in there, the true freshman. He, he's not going to play this year, I don't think. Sounds like Jawar Jordan's going to be that guy. But I, 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 I think he's. 
I, I think he's a really intriguing player for them. I, I do think there's some risk with some of these guys as to being recruited over in the next year or so as they mm-hmm. kind of flip the roster and bring in some of the guys that Braum wants. But it's not like he was some uber recruiter at, at Purdue and he's going to come in there and just start bringing in these high four-star guys. I think right. some of these guys, they are what they're going to be. And, and a guy like Kevin Coleman was a high-ish four-star anyway. So I think it's really interesting, this whole offense. And I do think... I think Plummer is dirt cheap, and I think he's yeah. the one that I'm probably targeting most slash easiest just because he's the quarterback, and that's not a difficult equation to figure out. And then I think after that, you're kind of trying to piece together. I'm happy rostering any of Thrash, Coleman. I don't th- Our CFF team has Huggins, Bruce ranked, and they don't have Coleman ranked. I think by the end of the season, Coleman is outproducing Amari Huggins, Bruce. I, yeah. I, 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 I really do think that's going to be the case. Uh, and then you do have Chris Bell there. So I yeah. put Chris Bell on the sheet just because I don't want to get a message from Mike Valerie mm-hmm. that we oh. talked about Louisville and didn't talk about Chris Bell. Uh, cause that's oh. one of his guys. Um, I, I think Chris Bell's mildly intriguing. Sure. Thank you. Was he in the Debbie guy? I think he was. I'm pretty sure I read that. I'm pretty sure Mike wrote him up. Yeah. Mike wrote up a couple of oddballs. We talked about having a Mike's misfits. Yes. We really should have <laughs> just had a whole section. Um, but so I, I do want to ask you though one question about the quarterback room there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it was it was a, a pretty big get for Satterfield to get Pierce Clarkson um, to come to Louisville. Now, Brom comes in, Clarkson stays. Do you think Clarkson is the future of this program for Louisville still? Like, are you going to invest in Pierce Clarkson in that way? Or are you just backing off kind of a wait and see approach and see how Brom runs this program? Well, it's interesting. I obviously want to hear what you have to say because I think sure. it'll probably be what I'm thinking as well. Um, Clarkson falls in a weird range for me in drafts where I'm not particularly interested in taking a quarterback. So I haven't thought and I haven't had any um, like linear freshman drafts yet. So I haven't had to think that much about that overall i'm, I'm actually in a, a mock right now and i've done a, a couple other mocks and we did that auction so i, I mean mm-hmm. I, i'm not like totally out of touch with what's going on in these drafts but i haven't um eh, you know had my head held to the fire to uh figure that out but i i do worry that he isn't quite what they're going to be looking for at the end of the day and i know any coach is going to want to come in and kind of stamp his own thing on on what's going on but i do think him convincing clarkson to stay brom convincing clarkson to stay also seems to be a a, at least some sort of indicator that he's at least interested in giving him some playing time in the future so pierce clarkson i i I don't even know like i can't even sit here and say like oh i wouldn't take him before x round or y round but i definitely just think that normally the range that he goes in is a little outside of what i want to spend yeah, I don't think I'm buying him right now because I think there's in freshman supplemental drafts, there's still the, uh, you know, he was a four star kid. He was, I think, like QB 12 ish, 15 ish in the class, right? Overall by the composite, somewhere around that range. That sounds like the range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, people like him. So I still think he's going to go a little too high, but I'm I'm with you on that front where I'm not convinced he's going to be what Brom is looking for, for this program. I just think it would have looked bad for Brom if he didn't keep 
Clarkson around. And I think it would have looked bad for Clarkson given that he bought up all those billboards around Louisville. His family put up those billboards yeah. around Louisville. Um, if he left after not even really giving it a shot. So I think they both kind of wanted to, to give this uh, a year, give it a shot, see how it goes. Um, but I, I would honestly put it at like 50, 50, whether he starts next year or just transfers out. Yeah. 50, 50 seems like a fair estimation there for sure. All right, Colin, let's dig into these freshman profiles and then we'll get the people out of here. Sounds good to me. Uh, my for my freshman profile tonight, talking about a wide receiver going to Alabama, uh, Jalen Hale, who is a five-star by the composite, uh, the number six wide receiver in the class, high producer at, at 7A Texas uh, high school football, back-to-back seasons of 1,100-plus yards and 14 touchdowns. Uh, so his, his profile looks really good. Attending Alabama, um, you know, that's another, another feather in the cap there. He's a tall, lean wide receiver. I think he needs to add a little bit of weight. Um, you know, it's not dire, but he's six one, one eighty five, So he could put on a little bit. Uh, he's got solid long speed, could threaten the defense like pretty vertically. Um, and he can break off some catches after the run, but he's not a burner. It's he's probably, I would estimate like a four or five ish guy. Um, you know, and I think he did improve as an athlete from his junior to senior year. I think he decelerates well. He just doesn't accelerate very well. Um, but he's at his best when he's working downfield. He has good leaping ability. He's got natural hands. Um, you know, he's strong at the catch point. He tracks the ball pretty well, times his jump well. So he's a dangerous jump ball wide receiver. Um, he doesn't he's kind of explosive as a jumper, but he's not really explosive in his cuts as a route runner. So I think he's always going to struggle a little bit there, but I do think he understands how to attack a corner um, with leverage when he gets vertical and put them in a tough position. So I think that's kind of the role he's going to be best at is more of like a downfield type of a guy. This Alabama room too is really crowded right now. Like we talked about a little bit at the top of the show, but it doesn't have like the guy. I don't really think Hale is necessarily going to fit that role either, but I do think he is a talented enough player to be a complimentary piece on Alabama's offense. Uh, and, you know, it has the production, it has the profile. If he sticks at Alabama, he'll get drafted probably in some capacity as well. So I like Jalen Hale. I know we as a site are a little bit lower on him than the recruiting services. We did not grade him as a five-star um, but I still think he's a solid wide receiver. Do you worry at all that there wasn't much positive news about him this spring? I do worry a little bit about that, but at the same time, that is a really, like I said, it's, it's a crowded room. You have um, Brooks and Burton, Benson, Isaiah Bond. You got the four Bs there. Kobe Prentice, Kendrick Law from last year too. So that's like the six guys that he's competing with, like right off the bat um, before he even tries to is really trying to get acclimated. So I don't worry that much about him not having positive news from spring. I think my biggest worry is just, is he going to be able to stand out in that room or is he just going to get recruited over again? Yeah. It's always a difficult, uh, 
decision Alabama. with Alabama. I mean, you, yeah. you, you, you know, you stand out or you get out. There's really yeah. no other option. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would agree with that. Me too. Me too. I would doubly agree with it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I chose Malachi Coleman, wide receiver in Nebraska, and I have somehow along the way become moderately fascinated with this guy. I, I've talked about him a couple times on some different shows. I think we actually noted last week he's uh, he, he picked up an injury and he's out uh, for the rest of his senior high school track season. Uh, he, he had not early yeah. enrolled because he wanted to to do that because he is a legitimate track star. Um, even though he he's a bigger boy, he's six four, one eighty five, um, eighty ninth percentile athlete in our database. He's, I mean, he he, I think he's what people want Keon Coleman to be. In all honesty, like he's a little bit faster, but I think, okay. I I think people have this idea of Coleman, and he's a fine player. But I think Malachi, and I do not believe there's any relation. Uh, it is kind of the tuned up version of Keon. Um, wasn't that impressed with this high school tape, but then he went to the Polynesian bowl and crushed it. Like just looked super fluid for a guy, his size, like just looked super fluid. I don't even need to add the qualifier for his size. Like he looked really, really good. He was tracking the ball really well deep. He was stacking corners really easily. Uh, he has the physicality to kind of you know, brush off smaller guys. I, I think at this stage, he's probably like a Z flanker kind of guy, but I do think with his size, he has the potential to develop into an alpha, a true X, a guy that you're playing up on the line of scrimmage and letting him battle it out. I think the Nebraska is actually kind of an interesting spot for him because with Matt rule there, I think that overall that team, I'm not saying Nebraska's back, but I think they will be a more cohesive offense than they have been the past few years. Yes, even with Jeff Sims starting there, I still think that uh, players can, at quarterbacks and players can still look okay. I don't love that he didn't early enroll, but we've actually looked into this and it doesn't seem like there's that much of a difference between guys that early enroll and don't in terms of beating year one zero stuff. So, I mean, all these things coming together, it's a tall athletic guy who I think can play some football when I had some doubts initially. And I think he, he gets in the field pretty quickly. So I, I think he's a really interesting guy. I think the real question for him is just going to be cost. You know, where is he going in your drafts? If he's going like late second, early third, probably a little early for me. I think he's like a mid to back uh, end of the third round kind of guy um, just because of the upside. I, there are still players that I would prefer over him, but I do think he's, really just an, an, an interesting profile of a guy that you don't really see that often. Like he is almost kind of like Markavis Bryant ish like okay. as, as a player. Like I really think that he can kind of be that kind of a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Coleman as well. I think the Nebraska landing spot was really interesting and I, I like it a lot better than Colorado was really the other spot that he was kind of be rumored in, uh, at looking at, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested in him at Nebraska Matt Rule has had some productive offenses as well, uh, you know, particularly Robbie Anderson when he was at Temple. Um, so this isn't like a bad situation for him. They just need to get the quarterback situation figured out, I think, because I'm not – I know you said like Jeff Sims can be okay, and that's that's about all you need to say about Jeff, Jeff Sims. I, I think they, if they can improve that um, – uh, he'll be very intriguing, I think, for CFF. But yeah, I, I definitely think there's some Debbie potential there as well. 
Yeah, 100%. I, I think there's a little bit of both. Yeah, I'd agree. All right. Well, that is going to do it for tonight's show, guys. Thanks for tuning in here with us again. Make sure you're checking out all the shows on the podcast feed. Chasing the Natty uh, on Mondays. Campus Life, this show on Tuesdays. Back to Debbie Wednesdays. Debbie Debate on Thursdays. Canton Bound and Future Freshman. Both drop on Fridays. Yes, Future Freshman is back. I was on last week with our host, Brandon Sanders. We talked quarterbacks in this class. Uh, for anybody not familiar with the show, it is looking at the freshman class from a CFF angle. So uh, if you're looking more for maybe some guys that, that aren't necessarily Debbie or, or C2C guys, but but stashes in a CFF dynasty, for instance, uh, that's going to be your show to check out there. Uh, Daily Draft Report is over for the year, um, but Dwight did an excellent job uh, on that. Uh, make sure, again, you're checking out everything we have over at campusdecanton.com. Until next time, guys, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Sorry, Colin. Truly. <laughs>